Amen. Good morning, everyone. We all survived. Amen. How about that, man? Isn't that cool? Yeah. I thought it was a good meeting. Uh, brother Chris Rue called. He thought that he had done a bad job. I said, no, brother, it started off, you and Joe started a perfectly fine Sunday morning. And uh, those that could get here could get here, and those that couldn't couldn't. And for whatever reason, that's between them and the Lord, and, and you can't judge anybody for that. Some of them sick. We had a lot of sick people out. But overall, man, the thing was good. The meeting was good, and it, it started us off on a good, good step. I, I think I'm going to do away with the uh, a watch night service from here on out and have a, a watch year service, the first of the year service, because I like that better. Uh, it, it gets you moving in the right place, thinking in the right place. Uh, if you start the thing off in the right place, uh, you'll end up in the right place, maybe. But if you don't, if you don't, you won't. And, uh, and I don't like wearing people out, uh, wearing them out, coming in on Saturday night and staying to midnight and then waking up. And if you don't stay till midnight, pray in the new year and, hey, well, let's just preach the new year in. I think that's a better way. Uh, and if we could, and, and I had some of the older uh, couples in the church say they didn't mind it at all. Uh, Brother uh, Rich and, and uh, Shelly were sitting back there. And uh, Rich, Rich said, when I mentioned it was 10.05, he goes, I couldn't believe it was 10.05. He, I was talking to him uh, yesterday, I think it was, me and Beth was over here, and she was painting, and he came in, and, and uh, he, goes, I, he goes, I would not even have thought it was uh, 10.05. And uh, it's amazing. It's amazing when you actually sit there and look, and I'm telling you, you ought to thank God. You ought to thank God that he has guided you and directed you to a place where you can get the truth. I was just talking to Brother Steve, and he was talking about some things going on in a book that he's reading now. And, uh, and I look back in 1980 when, he, when I got saved, uh, I'm, I'm just a dumb hillbilly on the back porch in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, no Bible education, nothing. Roman Catholic, and get saved. I really wasn't a Catholic. I didn't quit that thing, too. But I get saved out of a King James Bible, and, and he says, Trust in the Lord with all thy heart. Lean not unto thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Well, he started directing my path through some things in life. And four years later, I end up the first church I ever got to join was a church in, in uh, Norfolk, Virginia, Ron Burris, and he was a PBI grad, and the first church I joined was a PBI student. Now, I'm telling you, I mean, I was in Dr. Jack Howell's church, I was in a bunch of other churches, but none of them were that thing right there. And when you start getting into that where you want, if you want absolute truth, uh, you're going to have to, number one, get a King James Bible. There's just no other way out of it. Amen. And you got to watch that. George gave me a King James Bible back there from, from uh, I don't know, one of these home and press or whatever, and it's actually got verses out of it, just like a New American Standard or, or uh, uh, any of the other ones do, the uh, NIV, ASV, RSV. It has verses removed out of it, and it's a King James text. Uh, you got to watch that stuff, man. Your Bible is precious, and the devil's after this thing. Uh, I was in jail one day, and a, a guy came up with a, a Bible. Uh, one had an old Schofield, one had a new Schofield. And the new Schofield changes a lot of Schofield's notes, but, but it says it's a King James text. They're changing the wording in a new, uh, new Schofield reference Bible in the text. So the text that they're changing, they're messing with the King James text. you got to watch out. If you're going to get a text, you need to get an Oxford or you need to get a, a Cambridge Bible. And those are the two that you, or a, a Bible printed by some Baptist church out there. There's one up in, in uh, uh, Michigan that prints Bibles. Uh, but you, can, you need to be very careful about the book you get because that's the absolute truth that you have. That's all you have. This thing right here. So take your Bibles, go to Genesis 28. And you know what, Jacob, and I say all that to preface this, Jacob's getting ready to learn that what you got to do is learn how to trust God. And until you learn how to trust God, you learn how to trust God, uh, your walk with Jesus Christ never will amount to anything. 
Uh, I, I'm not offensive. I'm not trying to be mean. Uh, he prayed and said, teach us some things. Okay, you want to be taught? Do you really want to be taught? Well, then to be taught means you're going to have to make some changes. Whether you want to or not, it's irrelevant. I don't like making changes either. I really don't like getting out of bed in the morning. I like it, especially on a cold morning. I just soon stay in bed with my socks on and my sweats and everything else, staying nice and warm. Uh, I mean, that's just like where I like to stay. Guess what? You got to get up. Uh, if you don't, you don't get nothing done. That's why, I mean, he tells you, he says sluggard, he calls us sluggards. Uh, 28, 28. Jacob, Jacob, his dad told him, I want you, mom told him, I want you to go, Isaac, I want you to go see Laban, I want you to get a wife there. It's important who you marry. Whether you believe it or not, it's important. You better make sure God's in it. I'm not saying this one, that one, this one, this one's bad. I'm just saying it's important who you marry. You need to make sure God is in it. If God's not in it, don't do it. Uh, and, you know, sometimes you get in the way, man. I mean, I, I've gotten away in a couple times with my kids, uh, and the Lord had to reveal to me and show me that, hey, you're, you're moron, you're in the way. Uh, you're, you're acting like God, and you're not God. I'm like, okay, I'll shut up. I'll shut up. I'll get up. Uh, Genesis, Genesis, Genesis. i got to figure out where I was at. I left this here at church, so give me just one second. got to do a, a retake, unless you all just want to start in Genesis 1 all over again. Yeah, it's all good, man. I like it all, man. It's all good. I stopped somewhere. I know I did. If I didn't write it, stopped. Yeah, 14, 14. So Jacob is on his way. He's on his way to Laban. And uh, Esau gets all mad. Uh, and that's what siblings do. Siblings just get mad at each other. Esau hears his mom and dad said, look, I want you to go get a wife uh, from the daughters of, of Laban and not from the daughters of the land. It matters. It matters who you marry. Uh, Esau's done messed up. He done went out and did what he wanted to do a couple times already, and he's already just and he lost the blessing and he lost he lost his birthright because of some very poor decisions. One thing you'll know about Jacob right here is he is very concerned about. He may be doing some stuff wrong. I got that. He may be a conniver. I got that. He may be a cheat. And a thief. I got that. But boy, he sure cares about what God cares about. God says he wants that blessing and he'll do anything to get that thing. Well, let me ask you a question. Will you? If you really, do you even know that blessing exists? And do you want that? I want that blessing, man. I'm a Gentile dog. I'm like, I'm like that lady who was under the table and, and the Lord says, I come to the lost tribe of the house of Israel. And he, she said, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from them. I got a message called, I'm a dog under the table. That's exactly what, I'll be under the table. I don't really care. I figure a crumb from Jesus Christ is better than anything on this planet. So I'll take that. So 14, verse 14, and we'll get right into this thing. Did I pray? I think I did. If I didn't, I'll do it. Father, again, thank you for your blessings. Bless the morning service. Uh, bless the Sunday school lesson. Bless all the classes. Lord, bless the other churches. Uh, Lord, do pray for Brother Siler over there that you continue to bless him and, and the stuff they're going through at that church. Father, again, thank you for our church. Bless now. We'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. 14, 14, uh, 13, I'll, I'll read 13, then we'll go to 14. Uh, 13 says, And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham thy father and the God of Isaac, and uh, the land whereon thou lies, to thee will I give it and to thy seed, and, and thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth. So he's likening uh, Jacob's seed to the dust. He's saying, hey, you're going to have dust, and Jacob's going to have 12 kids. He doesn't know that yet, but he's going to have 12 kids and a daughter, and the 12 sons are going to, I mean, the thing is going to span out all over the place. And he says, your, your seed is going to be as the dust. Uh, he says, uh, and thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south, 
And in thee and in, in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Uh, when you start getting into this thing, what you're, you're seeing is God is starting some stuff. And, and the, problem, the problem that we have uh, in modern Christianity, actually in the world, is people like God is not, uh, I can't believe God would do that. All right, well, what we need to do is, is come to a premise that I, I did this a long time ago. I started everything with two things. One thing, it's either God or, let's say, evolution. It's simple, God or evolution. If God is right, evolution's wrong. It goes out the window. If evolution is right, God is wrong, he goes out the window. So I sit there and I make a determination after a little conversation with the Lord. Uh, I, you know what? I, I, I could not, I like it. Man, my, one of my favorite passages in the Bible, which all of them are, I like them all. I'm even liking Ezekiel and, and Jeremiah, man. Those are pretty cool too. But uh, is Elijah up on the mountaintop talking to the prophets of Baal, saying, cry out, maybe he's sleeping, do something, man, come on, cut you. And they're, and they're over there, 450 of them guys, and, and another 400, uh, and they're all, 850 of them are sitting over there trying to get a hold of nobody. Yeah. Yep. That's what they're doing. And the Lord mocks that stuff. He goes, there ain't nobody there, there isn't nobody there. Uh, you, you make uh, statues with men's hands and you make idols. Guess what? We have idols in our hearts. We have idols, uh, Billy Idol, <laughs> and people listen to that idiot. Uh, I probably did too, I don't know. I, I was probably an idiot at the time too. I'm probably still an idiot. But when you sit there and look at all this stuff, we, we make rock stars, football players, all these people are idols, and guess what? They're going to die just like you and I will, and they have no benefit or profit for me at all. Uh, I'm not saying you have to hate football, basketball, baseball, soccer, or music. I'm just telling you that some of this stuff, we lift these people up like they're gods, like Los Angeles, the city of angels. There isn't an angel nowhere near except maybe the angel of death or something. But that's about all you're going to get around that place. And we sit there and make them things idols, and the Lord laughs at that stuff. And here's the thing. you got to get to the place where you're on God. I like Joshua. He said, who is on the Lord's side? He says, but as far as me and my house... We shall serve the Lord. You know, you know, I got that over my door going out in the backyard. Uh, it's a plaque that somebody gave me, and I stuck it there. It says, but, uh, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We're going to serve him. Now, we, I may not be the best servant in the whole wide world, but I'm going to try. I would rather be the doorkeeper in the house of God. I'd rather shine doorknobs in heaven than be anywhere else. Now, that's where I'm going to be, and that's, that's really the thing you need to get in your head. That's where I'm going to be. It doesn't matter about nothing else. It doesn't matter what you and I think. What matters is what the Word... That's why you've got to get to the place where you think the Word of God is precious. Uh, until you do that, you'll have a problem. I'm, I'm not chiding you. I'm just... We started this thing out this year, and uh, like Brother uh, uh, Steve said, they, there's churches out there that will try to tell you that the blood of Christ isn't what it is. They'll try to tell you that it's the same in the Old Testament. Salvation in the Old Testament and the New Testament is not the same. Uh, as a matter of fact, those guys did not get saved in the Old Testament. They went to a place called Abraham's bosom, and they stayed there until the Lord came down there and took them to heaven. The moment I die, guess what? If you're in this room today and you are saved, you know you're saved, and you know that you're born again, and you trusted Jesus Christ and the precious blood that he shed at Calvary, absent from the body, present with the Lord. You leave here and go right to heaven, and you're there for all eternity. Now, they didn't do that in the Old Testament. They went to a place called Abraham's bosom, two totally different places, and, and people say, well, they're the same. They're not the same. McDonald's and Arby's is not the same. Burger King and McDonald's is not the same. Red beets and potatoes are not the same. 
They're not the same, and people try to make them the same. And you've got churches out there who's trying to tell you that this stuff is the same. It's not the same. They are ignorant men. They choose. They're willfully ignorant. They won't take a book and believe it. Number one, without faith, it's impossible to please him. I'm going to tell you where your problem lies. It's faith. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So you got to get the word of God. you got to get faith, and you got to believe him. If you don't believe him, it won't work. Nice haircut, Adam. That looks cool, man. Adam came over to the house yesterday. He felt like he was a heathen. And uh, so I already got my haircut before he got there, so he wouldn't think I was a heathen, too. So, but anyways, you got to get to the place where you trust God. And the whole thing with your Bible, Genesis to Resolution, like Dr. Roman says, Re- Re- uh, Revelation, uh, Re- Revelation. After you say it, you can't already correct it. But, but the whole thing through there is nothing more than some people will get it. Uh, you want, I'll tell you my favorite, 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 favorite verse is over in John chapter 5 where it says that you may know you have eternal life. Yeah. Amen. I read that thing. I remember the first time I read that thing, I was like, man, 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 man. Somebody can know it. By that verse, if that verse is true, if that verse is true and it says what it just said, that ye may know ye have eternal life. And this is the record. And then he tells you what it is. I'm like, you can't miss that thing, man. And, and you, you know, the record. What, what's the record? Well, right here it is. And then he tells you what the record is. And then he says that you may know you have eternal life. I said, somebody can know it. Somebody can know it. Somebody can know it. I said, why can't I know it? I want to know it. I said, I want, you know what the problem is? They just don't want to trust God. I back there said, I want to know it. I want to know if there's a heaven and if there's a hell. I want to know it. If there's a God and there's a Jesus Christ, I want to know it. And if there's a way to get to heaven and I don't have to try to do it myself and I can sit back on my laurels, for the, I thought that. But that, that just don't happen. Uh, we think that stuff, but that just don't happen. You don't get to sit on your laurels. laurels. And he says, and, and thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth. The dust is as the reference to the land. The Jews have always been given the land. Uh, if you look at the... the uh, piece of land they're given here, the Arabs are going to be really ticked off shortly. If you go up to the river Euphrates, away over here, and then you go down to the river of Egypt, which is the Nile, where it comes down into the Red Sea, that whole land chunk is Israel. The whole thing. Iran, Iraq, you know why they're all mad at the Jews? That's their land. And they're going to get it. And there ain't nobody's going to stop them. God's going to come down here, they're going to get it. And when the, uh, when the millennium starts, they're going to be ruling and reigning over there, and they're going to have the whole thing. You say, well, I don't want... Then you're at odds with God. I don't want to be at odds with God. Never did want to be at odds with God. Uh, the Jews are going to re-reign. They're going to reign and rule and reign, and the Lord's already said that. They're coming back. Uh, recently, uh, somebody turned me into a Jewish newspaper that I was anti-Semitic, which is in, in this asinine, but that's Okay. Uh, they got a grudge against us and the church and everything else, but that's fine. They can, anybody can do what they want. Uh, when I talked to the man at the Jewish newspaper, uh, when we got done talking, he goes, man, you're not anti-Semitic. And he had to write the article anyways, because I guess his boss told him to, and everybody that's ever read the article kind of laughs at it, so it, it was just kind of strange the way it was written. But uh, I'm not anti-Semitic at all. I think the Jews are going to rule and reign. And I think I'm going to get to go to Jerusalem, and I'm going to see David sitting on the throne. And I'm going to sit there, and I'm going to be like all the Gentiles of this world. See, here's the next thing. You're either saved, you're either a Gentile or a Jew, one of the two. If you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile. Face it. It's over. It's done. If you're a Jew, you're held under one standard. If you're a Gentile, you're held under another. All right? If I'm, but once you get saved, you're neither Jew nor Gentile. You're saved. You're, 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 a, you're, a, you're a child of the king. You're a son of God. 
It's, it's believing that. That's, you know what that takes? That takes faith. Faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Without faith, it's impossible to please. You cannot make him happy until you believe him. I just learned a long time ago to believe him. I just said, wait a second. I got to believe something. You're going to believe something. If you're sitting here saying I'm a wacko crazy nut right now, you're believing something. If you want to bet your eternity on that something, have at it. Praise God. It's America. You can do whatever you want. I personally sit there and said, wait a second. I've done this, been there, done that, got the T-shirt, and I didn't like the way it lasted the first 22 years of my life. And I only know about probably 14 or 15 of it, but I didn't like that at all. I made a deal with the Lord. I'm like Jacob. I'm going to talk about Jacob here in a second. I made a deal with God. I said, lost on a back porch in Louisville, Kentucky. I said, hey, you in the sky. If I come up there, you're going to be awful mad at me, so you better show me what to do. And if I have to live like I did the last 22 years on this planet, get me out of here now. Have you ever done that? I did. I sit on my back porch and did that. You get to heaven and ask to say, Lord, can you rerun that thing on the back porch with Mike? And that's exactly what you can. It might be worded a little bit different, but that's exactly what you're going to see. You know what the Lord did is he started, I found a Bible in my attic, and he started showing me out of that book how to get saved. And I sit there on the back porch, and I just learned to believe him and nobody else. Now, there's all kinds of preachers I believe and listen to. There's a whole bunch of them. There's a multitude of them I won't even talk to. Why? Because they're in it for themselves. They're in it for their own, their own lust, their own uh, person, their friends. I don't want to make nobody mad. This book is going to make you mad. Amen. Then you should get glad. It's going to make you mad, then sad, then glad. I'm glad right now. I still get mad, man. I still read stuff. I'm like, oh, Lord, I don't want to do that. Never make a promise to God. I'll tell you right now, never make one. Because if you make it, he's going to make you keep it. And uh, dust is as the earth, land. The land is given to the Jews. The direction is given to which they shall spread. And they're going to spread out like this. I mean, they're going to have this whole piece of chunk of it. That's a big chunk of land. And that's why everybody's mad at them. There is no Palestine. There is no The Arabs are going to, Esau, Esau did the right thing. When, when Jacob comes back after being 20 years with Laban, Esau goes out in the left field somewhere and leaves. He has to. 15. And he says, and behold, Genesis 28, 15. It says, and behold, I am with thee. That's one thing you want. If you don't have anything else in this world, you better make sure that you have the Lord with you. Uh, I, I tell the Lord that all the time. I said, if you left me, and, and you know how you know you're saved? I'll tell you how you know. And you know how you know you're still okay and you're making it because you still read your Bible. If you don't read your Bible, you've got a problem. But if you're still struggling to read that book, if you're still fighting to, to, to keep doing right, if you're still, just even in, in the, I'm not even talking about witnessing and preaching. Brethren, you do not have to be a preacher or an evangelist or a missionary to love God. You just have to be somebody who loves God. And if you love God, God will show you what to do. You may just be a husband or a housewife, a mom. You may be, you just may be a good student. You may be a good worker for somebody out there. Uh, that's all that matters, man. I, I was telling Beth this this morning. I used to have everybody yell at me on a ship all the time. I said, yes, sir, amen, Arr! whatever you want. I'll go do whatever you want. They come on and say, Elliot, can you do this? I can do anything you want. 15 minutes. It might take six months to figure out how to do it, but I mean, in 15 minutes, we'll get it done. As soon. And they used to laugh at me. Oh, here comes 15-minute Mike. And uh, I mean, everything the captain ever told me to do, I, if it was possible, that man got it. Uh, he was lost. I worked for that guy. I was a testimony to that ship and everybody there. That's why they kept getting saved on that ship 25 years after I left it. 
had nothing to do with me. It had to do with the testimony. Your testimony is about as a, uh, the most valuable thing that you can possibly, it is, that's what I said, it's not being a missionary evangelist. Those things are all good. If, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 3 says, if you desire the office of a bishop, you desire a great thing. There's nothing wrong with that. That's a great thing. But what if you never, everybody don't get to be a preacher. Amen. Everybody don't get to be a teacher. Everybody don't get to be a deacon. Everybody don't, uh, we don't have deacons here. We don't have a lot of stuff here <laughs> yet. I mean, we're working on it. Uh, but, but all this stuff, when you sit there and look at it, you know what God requires of me? To love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. And love thy neighbor as thyself. If you can't do those things, that's, that's a case right there will show you something. Love the Lord thy God. I say, oh, I love God. Do you love your neighbor? I can't think of one person on this planet that I hate. There's people I cannot fellowship with. There's people who cannot fellowship with me. We're just different. Have you ever been married? Man, me and Beth are different. Beth, Beth is just so different than me. I love her to death. She's a great girl. Uh, but, boy, she, she has her way of doing things. I have my way of doing things. And sometimes they just clash. Uh, most of the time, I think they just clash. <laughs> and she always gets her way for some reason. I haven't figured that one out yet. I'll get that one of these days. But uh, the Lord, you know, when you sit there and look at that thing, we both love the Lord. I know she loves the Lord. I can trust her because I know what she believes. You know, when you know what somebody believes, you can trust them. If, if, you, if they don't believe what they're supposed to believe, you can't trust them. You got you to, gotta, so what do you believe? You know what Jacob is learning? He don't have a Bible like you and I have. You know what he has? God has to come down and talk to him uh, like he's talking to me and you right now. But, but I've got a Bible. I have a more sure word of prophecy sitting in my hand right now. And behold, I am with thee. Jacob, Jacob didn't sweat. He said, don't sweat, man. I got you. I got you, man. I got you. I got you, Jacob. I'm going to get you. Jacob is still going, I know you talked to Abraham. I know you talked, but I just stole, man, I stole the blessing and I stole the birthright. I, well, actually, I sold him a bowl of beans, man. Uh, and I, He's probably going, I didn't really put a lot of lentils in those beans in, this, in that pot. I, I was skimpy on the lentils. He got more soup than he got beans. I said, Lord, and could you, have you ever thought about what you do in life? as sinning, uh, and, and you start checking yourself out, saying, Lord, what do I do? That's, I'm telling you how to get a walk. I'm telling you how to get a walk. If you want one, this is how you do it. You're going to have to examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. You're going to have to look at yourself in the eyes of God. What does he see in me? And then when he does, this book is going to start lighting some things up. You know what Jacob is learning right here? He's learning, he's learning that he's got to look at himself. And, 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 in perspective to God, in comparison to God, not to anybody else. Uh, I'm, I'm sick of people saying, well, I'm just as good as you. Oh, you're probably better. Actually, I would have to say that. I would, I would give everybody the benefit of that. You're probably smarter. You're probably got more education. You probably got more money. You probably look a lot better. Your back, my back hurts, man. I mean, I'm 65. I'm, I'm at the end of the thing. If I have another 15 years, it's over, man. It's over. Uh, young people, you got it, man. I envy you. No, I don't really envy you a whole lot, but I do envy you because I think back about when I was young, all the stuff I got to do. I mean, it was a blast, man. It was a blast. I wouldn't trade it for anything in the wide world. Everything back here was a blast. Uh, I did what I wanted to do. I've done what I wanted to do my whole life, and I'm still doing what I want to do. And the Lord allows it. He just allows it. But I'm telling you what, there comes a point in time where you just you start getting old, and you start getting cranky, and it's just everything starts hurting. 
and you start looking and say, Lord, Lord, where are you? If I didn't have him the last 43 years, I don't know where I'd be today. And I see people who you talk, if you, if you know I can walk and talk to somebody in about four or five minutes, and I can tell you right where they are with Jesus Christ. Why? I've been doing it for 43 years. I know, I know where I'm at. I've already looked at myself. I've already examined myself. I've already seen that I was a sinner that I know I am. I've already taken the thing to the Lord, and me and him talk all the time about it. He's my best friend. That's my second best friend, but the Lord is my best friend. He's my best friend. I don't know who your best friend is. I'm going to tell you, you ought to make it Jesus Christ. Uh, I like Jesus. I like him. I always like him. Behold, I am with thee. Uh, he said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee over in Matthew. I like that, man. I like that thought that I know he's always there. Just knowing that he's always there, I know that I'm still in there. Have you ever had times where he's not talking to you? Who do you think you are that he should talk to you all the time anyways? Just me knowing that he said, I'll never leave thee. Even I said, okay, Lord, you said. You know what that is? That's faith. That's called faith. I'm going to show you what faith is. If he, didn't, if he was always there with me, with his arm around me, carrying me, you hear the, the sand, the footprints in the sand. I'm like, oh, come on. It's a nice, nice poem. I'll give it to you. It's a nice poem. But if, if he has to carry me all the time, then there's a problem. And he goes, but the time I didn't see you, I look back and there was your footprint. It's like, there's only one set of footprints. That's when you were carrying me. Hey, there is going to be times in your life where your footprints are the only ones that's going to be there. Yours are going to be there, and, but the, now the question is, did he leave you or did he not? And if he says, I'll never leave thee nor forsake you, and you know he's still there and you're still crying, I tell you what, man, uh, that lady in Germany, uh, Corey Ten Boone, what she went through in her life was phenomenal. I learned some things here recently. I had no idea that that lady went through them. And what she went through, uh, what she went through with Jesus Christ was phenomenal. And you know what that just tells me is you start reading a story like that and you see the Lord. You say, well, she didn't have the right Bible. Of course she didn't. But, boy, she had the right God. Yeah, amen. And she got through some things I don't think much of many of us would go through. And she just kept doing it. And she, the Lord started working things out in her life, and he wasn't always there. And there was times where she was upset because this happened, that happened, this happened. You know what? She was still right there with the Lord Jesus Christ, and she was still talking to him. And just because he doesn't talk back don't mean he doesn't hear a word you're saying. Jacob... He said, don't worry, I'm still here. For the Christian, first, go, to, go to 1 Corinthians real quick. Man, too much stuff in this book. It's a crazy book. I'm, uh, I got my Bible program set up so I can read it four times a year now. You say, why would you do that? Uh, I just want to get more of it in my head. The Lord told me a long time ago to read it twice a year. Me and him argued about that. I said, shouldn't we? And I wasn't even reading it once a year. And I said, all the way through. I said, shouldn't we kind of get this thing like once a year first? First, maybe once all the way through? Let's work on that, and then we'll move it. And the Lord kept saying, no, two times a year, two times a year, two times a year. And finally, I broke and said, okay, if you say two times a year, I'm going to do it two times a year. So I wrote a Bible program, and I, I, uh, January to uh, June or July, I read it once, and July to December, I read it the second time. Well, this year I started reading it from January to April the 1st will be one time. April to uh, July the 1st will be two, and then I'll read it four times a year. And so I was reading it yesterday, and I, was, I had, now I'm reading my Bible on Sunday. I used to not read it on Sundays. I'd read Proverbs and Psalms on Sundays, but uh, I had it set up where every Sunday was uh, free because I do the services and stuff. But, but now I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to have to start reading it on Sunday. The Lord never asked me to do that. I'm just adding it in because I see as the days get worse and the times get worse, I need more Bible in my head. 
Uh, I don't know about you, but I need, I need it for me personally. Uh, if, if nothing else, I'll just sit there and cram it in my head and something else won't go in there. Uh, when I realize it takes me less than an hour to read on a, on a pattern or on a, a schedule to read it four times a year, I'm thinking, what else do you do in your life that you couldn't peel off an hour a day? Just an hour. Just 40. I, and some people read a whole lot faster than me. I was told yesterday Jesse read 160 books last year. I hope one of them was your Bible. Amen. <laughs> I hate reading. I hate it with a passion. If you love it, I, I envy you. Now, I do envy somebody who reads. There is so much information. I, I'm a technician, so I go to books only to find the information I'm looking for. And I know where the information resides in the books. That's the way my brain works. It's just a logical type of uh, thing. Somebody who can read a book from cover to cover, uh, I start a book, and if it doesn't grab me like in the first page, out the door it goes, man, in the trash can. It has to catch me right off the bat. And I'm going to tell you, in my life, there's probably been just a handful of books that's done that. Uh, but as, as a technician, I know I, I had rooms full of manuals. I mean, rooms just full of manuals all over the place. And even that, I watch people not read those. I don't sit down and read a tech manual because I know I only go to a tech manual when I need it because there's a problem. I pull the book out for the equipment. I look at the index, and it says, here's where this section is. I go to that section. I find what I'm looking for. I do what I'm doing. I shut the book, put it back. I, I mean, that's just it. You say, well, that's, why are you a preacher? I don't know. I've told the Lord he's got the wrong guy. And he keeps saying, no, keep doing it. I'm like, but Lord, he goes, no. I'm like, well, there's people smarter. Yes, there's people who read more. Yes. I told Jesse, I said, if she gets her bachelor's this year, we're going to start an Assembly of God church. Because she can't preach in a Baptist church. So we'll get her a church of God or Assembly of God, and then she can go out and preach. But anyway, no, shut up. that was funny. Come on. <laughs> and behold, I am with thee. For the Christians, 12, 1 Corinthians 12, 12, 2 says this, in verse 1 it says, is expedient for me, doubtless, to glory. That's 2 Corinthians. I need to be in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 12 and 2 Corinthians 12 is two different 12s. 1 Corinthians 12. Man, I keep passing it up. 1 Corinthians 12. Now concerning spiritual gifts. Brethren, am I in the right place? I hope I am. 12. Oh, 12. 12. Thank you. I've got the dyslexia. For as the body is one and hath many members... And all the members of, uh, of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. So Christ is always with you. You never have to worry about him ever leaving you. That's faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. All through this book, what you're going to find out is when you, the day you got saved, uh, Ephesians 1. Go, go back to Ephesians, Ephesians, Ephesians. Just don't say it. Let's look at it. Ephesians chapter 1. Verse, verse 12. Uh, verse 11, in whom also uh, we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated. If you believe in predestination outside of Jesus Christ, you're crazy. Jesus Christ was predestined before the foundation of the world. Nobody else was. Jesus Christ is predestined before the foundation of the world to come here and die at Calvary and open a door to heaven. He was predestined. Now, 1980 on a back porch in Louisville, Kentucky, I found Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. The moment I trusted him, I went through time out there somewhere, time. 
A lot of churches say, oh, well, you, you're predestinated. You're going to go to heaven. That's Calvinist. No, I'm not going to go to heaven unless I trust Jesus Christ. Uh, I got to sit there and go through time. That's all I have. In time, there's a man who lived and died 2,000 years ago named Jesus Christ. And he died on a, on a cross at Calvary. And he shed his blood at Calvary, and they put him in a tomb, and three days later, he came up out of the tomb. That's a tough one to believe, but he did. Well, I want to come up out of the grave one day and go to heaven, so if, if there's a possibility of me doing it, why can't he do it? Okay, so I, I'm going to believe that. And once I believed that and I found him, the moment I trusted him, I got in Christ in 1980, and then I become predestined before the foundation of the world in him because he's already there. How can you leave eternity anyways? You ever stop and thought about that stuff? Eternity. You're in time. Eternity. Eternity past and eternity heaven. I don't see an eternity past and eternity future. Uh, it's just one eternity. Eternity is eternal. Uh, we're in a time bubble uh, called uh, our universe is sitting here and heaven is sitting here. Actually, it's even bigger. It's better than that, man. I'm just going to try to illustrate this the best I can. This is heaven. This is your universe. Does that make any sense? God's out here. We're in here. And we're actually a little teeny mini, he's back right there somewhere. And God sits there and he's outside this thing in eternity. There is no eternity past to him, no eternity left, no eternity right, no uh, up or down or nothing. It's just eternity. And that's where he's at. And if you're ever going to get there with him, you're going to have to do what he says do, not what you think you should do. Because what we think we should do will end you up in hell. That's exactly what that thing does. You say, well, that's mean. No, that's the facts. I had to deal with it, and everybody that ever got saved had to deal with that. Uh, those that are lost, they're just lost. You, Adam, Adam uh, when he says, as it was in the days of Noah, and everybody outside that ark died, I don't think God loved them dying. But they chose it. It's a choice. You either get on the ark or you don't. Well, I don't believe it's going to rain. It's never rained before, so I just don't believe it's going to rain. Okay, don't get on the ark. But, but it's not going to rain. But with that door shutting and started raining, what are you going to do then? It's too late. You know what faith is? Getting on the ark. I'm, I'm going to get on the ark just in case. <laughs> and you start there, and pretty soon the door shuts, and you say, well, but that was just false faith. No, that was you trusted God, a little teeny-weeny itsy bit. And you took a chance, and you shut the door, and then all of a sudden it starts pouring down rain, and you go, whoa, now your faith just got increased. Because now you see that, the, the, you say, oh, man, that is true. Hey, I believe, that's all faith is. I started in 1980, sitting there on a back porch thinking about some stuff, and I'm like, okay, and the Lord said, here's a little bit of faith, here's a little bit of faith, here's a little bit of faith. And he kept going me down. My friends probably thought I was crazy. Uh, and here's a little bit more faith. And I sit on that back porch that night and trusted him. I got all the faith I needed right there to get saved. Now, my faith now is totally different than it was there. But that was enough to get saved. That started me down a path, and I've been on that path for 43 years. I believe that I'm going to die, and I'm going to go to heaven. And personally, I don't want to stay here any longer than I got to. Because I am a sailor at heart. They make fun of sailors for some reason. But there's an adventure that comes to a sailor that's just not. An army guy, I like army. Army's okay. You need them. I mean, we had to have them to fight wars and stuff, and they're there. But there's a they that go down the sea in ships. I got a verse for that. 
There's a thing that when you go out to sea in the middle of the ocean, it's just totally different. It's like a freedom that you're, you're released from everything on the ground, the earth, and you're not tied into none of this stuff anymore. And all of a sudden you get out there, man, and you see flying fish jump from wave to wave, and you see a whale over here and your porpoises and dolphins all over, or dolphins all over the place. Uh, and, I mean, I, for the longest time I didn't know the difference between a dolphin fish and a dolphin dolphin. And now I know that, that you eat dolphin fish. But you, the other ones just do this thing. And I mean, you see all that stuff out in the ocean. And it's just, I marvel at that stuff. And how, how fast you can sit there on a ship and look over here and there's, there's thunderstorms and everything blowing away 13, 14, 15 miles away over here. And over there, it's all sun shining and the, and the waves are a little bit rough. And over there, I mean, you're, you're walking on the side of the ship as it's tossing you to and fro. And then over here, it's just like smooth sailing. And you can see all that sitting on the deck. And you said, but you can't see none of that stuff out. In, oh, man, it's just crazy. And you start seeing the freedom, and you start seeing, I'm like, that's what I want. I want that. I want that again. I know I can't be a ship. I've been down to uh, Mayport. And I went down there. To, I took a bunch of the guys down there to show them what ships look like, real ships. And these are some big ones. And I was sitting there looking at this ship, and his chief come off. And, man, I was looking up there, and here's, a, here's all my antennas and all this stuff. And I know what they're connected to inside the ship, different type of equipment, but I know what they're connected to. And all the chief comes off. We're talking. I show him my ID card so he doesn't think I'm a commie spy or anything. And uh, so he knows I'm a retired chief. And we're sitting there talking, man, and you can see it in his face. He was leaving the ship because he hated it. <laughs> and, and he wanted to go home to be with his family because he hated it. And the troubles and everything that goes on on that ship, uh, like I said, you forget about 90% of the bad stuff. You only think about 10. I was thinking the only 10% good stuff. I'd already forgotten about the 90% again. But he was remembering the 90% because he's in it. And uh, he's, he's like, he said, Chief, he said, I would take you on a tour right now if I could. He goes, you, you could go back on that ship and go to work right now. I said, yeah, I could. It wouldn't take me no time at all to figure out how that thing that works. First of all, I'm a chief, and they're going to work for me, so I don't have to worry about fixing anything. They're going to fix it. I said, but, but the key here is I know everything on the front of that ship to the point of the flat end. And he goes, yeah. And, and he got a little smirk on his face, a little smile, and he goes, I got to go home to my family. I said, that's exactly what you got to do. I said, I remember that getting off that ship, and I said, you don't know when that ship's going to get out to sea and, and go away for six months or three months, or tomorrow they could call up that ship and say, hey, this other ship can't do what it needs to do. You need to go out. And you weren't expecting to go out, and you just go. And now you got eight, 900 men, 1,000 men, whatever's on those ships, and they go out to sea. They have to leave everything they get. That's just the way it is. And you sit there, and to me, that's exciting. I mean, and that might not be to you, but to me, that's, I mean, it's like it's a new adventure. I should have been a pirate is what I should have been. It's just crazy. Uh, and you look at, but I look at heaven like that. I didn't have that thought that night when I got saved on that back porch. But over the years, after watching what he's done and the things he does, it's amazing, man, what he's done. He says, as a Christian, he says, I, I'm the body. We're one. He goes, you don't ever have to worry about losing him when you get saved. You can't lose him. Uh, he goes, behold, I am with thee, and I will keep thee. Now, that's the biggest one. I know he's talking to Jacob. Jacob is heading out, and he's going to Laban, and he doesn't really know what's going to happen, and his mom and dad told him to go, and, and Esau's wanting to kill me back here, and, and he's running, and he's done laid down on a, a rock for a pillow out in the middle of nowhere, and he doesn't know if he's going to get eaten by in the morning, the animals or stuff, or get robbed. He's by himself, but he's out there, and the Lord's watching. He said, I'll keep thee. You know what God did? He got him there. You ever read the, the story about the Good Samaritan? There was a guy headed from Jericho up, and he got, he got mugged on the way. Uh, Jacob didn't get mugged. You know why? The Lord said, I'll keep thee. You can bet money if he's going to keep you. Some of those stories in the Bible are unbelievable. 
David says, should I do this? He goes, ah, go over here. And he says, when you see the rustling in the mulberry trees at the top, he said, go on out. He said, I'm going out before you. And he goes, and he wins. You know what you do? You make sure you get the will of God. You do, the way, do it the way God said do it. And guess what? You win every single time. And you don't have to worry about it. And Jacob, he goes, uh, and I will keep thee in all places whither thou goest. So it doesn't matter where you go. Uh, the Lord has been taking care of me for 43 years. I've had people mad at me. I've had people upset with me. And I, I got people ringing bells. Uh, that's all they do. They're bell ringers, man. You can't handle the truth is what the problem is. They're just trying to stop it. You're going to find people in your life all over the place trying to stop the word of God. Don't let them do it. I got, I got 30 seconds at least. And I will keep thee in all places where thou goest, and I will bring thee again into this land. If the Lord saves you, now this is Jacob back here, but this, it applies. If the Lord saves you, he's going to keep you. You don't have to worry about it. He's got you, man. People say, well, I'm old. Yeah, I'm getting old. I don't want to get to 90. I've seen too many people get to 90. It just wears you out. Uh, I want to go out while I'm still kind of young. And I, I think 65 is young. Uh, 70, I'm not sure about 70 yet, but I've never been there. My kids got me a T-shirt uh, for Christmas, and it says, everybody keeps telling me basically to act my age, but I've never been this old before. So, like right now, I haven't been this old either. And guess what? I haven't been this old either. And I just, I, I just changed. I haven't been this old either, so I don't know how to act. I don't think I'll ever get it. He said, I'll bring thee again to this land for I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. What's the Lord ever told you? If he told you something, he's, he's going to do it. You can bet your bottom dollar he's going to do it. You know what you need to do is find out what he told you. That's where the will of God comes in. And Jacob, verse 16, woke out of his sleep, and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. I'll stop here. But you know there's a lot of times the Lord's right where he is at, and nobody knows it. You know how many times he's right around you and you don't know it? You got to open your eyes. You got to start looking for that thing. Jacob said, he's in this place and I didn't know. Jacob just, he thinks he just picked a spot out in the middle of nowhere, pulled up a rock and went to sleep. No, 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 no. God directed him. That's Bethel. God put him right in the place where he's supposed to be, right there, directed his steps right to that spot. He goes to sleep and a ladder is going up and down. Angels are ascending. That's a picture of Jesus Christ. The Lord's got that thing, man. He's got it. And Jacob woke out of his sleep. And he said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I knew it not. You ever been someplace where you didn't know the Lord was there? And all of a sudden you realize he is? I mean, it's amazing, man. I've watched some things happen before that are uh, just unbelievable. I got some stories, man. That, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, people just do weird things. And all of a sudden you get to sit there and watch that thing and you see God's hand all over somebody's life and just... I mean, either destruction or beating the snot out of them. And you, I, I'm not laughing at them, but it's funny, man, because it's not me, number one. But I'm sitting there going, whoa, man. I said, yeah, I can see God there, man. I said, don't you see? And they don't see it. And I'm sitting here looking at it and said, I see the hand of God all over this thing, and you don't get it yet. And sometimes they never get it. Uh, I just thank God that he gave it to me, and I got it, and I'm happy with getting it. Uh, I'll stop right there. But it, it is a great thing. To find God in a dark place. That's what Jacob just did. And he found him and he started with him. And because Jacob did that, he had 12 sons. And his 12 sons, one of them was Judah. And Judah come down through there. And, and David comes out of that line down through there. And all of a sudden, David has two sons. And one of them Solomon. One of them's Nathan. And down the road somewhere, Joseph, as Solomon's son, gets to take care of the, the baby Jesus. Mary has the baby Jesus. The two never had any relations at all. 
uh, the bloodline goes through Nathan all the way down to Jesus. And 2,000 years later, here I am. Now, brethren, you don't think that's a miracle from God, man. I mean, it's, I look at all, that, all the different, the, the lotto is up to like 1.1 billion or something like now. And I hope none of y'all are out buying tickets. I was thinking about buying one the other day, man. I said, man, Lord, I said, I could go out and buy one ticket. And really, I mean, that's faith, right? One ticket and just choose uh, six numbers. Uh, I, I had asked somebody, I said, what kind of numbers do they use anyways? And, and, and uh, I'm like, you know, you, I'm sure you, you do the lotto. I said, how, many, how do you, is it one to 100 or one to 50 or one to 10? I said, what do you do? And somebody had to explain it to me. I said, oh, okay. I said, so I could just pick six numbers, and if I hit it right, Lord, I would have over $500 million. And what can I do with $500 million? Ruin my life. And that's exactly what that would do. And I'm like, nah, don't need it, man. I said, I'd rather go through this life with you and forget the $500 million and everything else. I'd rather go through this life with you. Every experience is worth trillions to me. Because that keeps me going another day. Father, thank you for your blessings. Thank you for the Bible. Lord, I'll never get through Genesis. I know I won't. But, Lord, it's a great book. Uh, Lord, actually, all the rest of them are great books, too. Uh, Lord, they're all the same. It doesn't matter where you go. You're, you're within the pages of every page of this book. And, Lord, thank you for a book. Thank you for the men and, and uh, the ladies that gave up their husband's time that they could uh, write the book down through the history from the time it started to right now. Lord, all the sacrifices that were made for us to have a Bible in our hands. Lord, help us to, to realize this is the Word of God and to trust it, Lord, uh, and reverence it, Lord, uh, and just thank you for what you've done for us. Bless now, we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, 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 amen.